Hi, this is Ken Kurzinger, a.k.a. Jason from Freddy vs. Jason, and you're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist. It's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. I just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all the support. And tonight, this is Nico. I'm really excited about the guest we have on tonight. Um, we couldn't be happier to be joined today by someone who, with over 30 years of experience and 100-plus movie credits to his name, is known for roles in Watchmen, The Incredible Hulk, Walking Tall, Joyride 3, and many, many others. But probably best known for my personal favorite portrayal of the one and only Jason Voorhees in the 2003 blockbuster Freddy vs. Jason, Mr. Ken Kurzinger. Ken Thank you so much for joining us. It's truly an honor. Hey, it's How great. are you doing? Really good, really good. It's great to be here. Hey, before we jump into the question, I got one quick question, Ken. Uh, I know you live in Canada. Do you do any fishing? Uh, you know what? I go on, on one fishing trip every year with my uh, my <laughs> brother and my cousins. and uh, uh, Yeah, so we go for salmon and halibut. Okay, yeah, I'm a big oh, bass man. fisherman. Love I know it. y'all got smallmouth bass up there, yep. uh, walleye, big musky, big pike. I just, <laughs> I had to ask that because I'm a fisherman of the group. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, fishing's really big here, and uh, uh, most of the walleye and and that that kind of fish are further back east and a little further north, I think. But uh, but uh, yeah, there's good fishing here. Oh yeah, had to get that out of there. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh. Ken, this is Mike. How you doing, man? Um, Good. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about what got you into acting and most notably uh, stunt work, being a stuntman? You know, I, I found this to be really common amongst stunt people, and, and I'm sure it's the same amongst actors, but something happened during our childhood that kind of turned us on to the whole thing. Uh, I, for myself, I read an article about Hal Needham, very famous uh, stuntman, when I was like 12 years old, and uh, it just sort of stuck with me as something in a career that I'd want to look into. And, uh, and I have several friends who all have similar stories. You know, they happened on a film set once when, when they saw a company shooting and said that that's what they wanted to do. And, uh, so it was just something, uh, that stuck with me since I was a kid. And then when I was in college, I was playing uh, football. I blew my knee out and, and uh, I was kind of depressed about that, but I thought, Oh, now's a good time to look into, you know, stunt work. So, <laughs> So I, uh, I had a sister living in Los Angeles who, who still lives there and uh, went down and looked into it and came back. And it wasn't long after that I started working on my first movie. Awesome. Awesome, man. So, uh, Ken, this is Dustin. Uh, with over 30 years of stunt work, uh, what would you consider to be the sketchiest stunt you've done? And what was the worst injury you sustained doing these stunt work over the years? Well, you know, I, I often get asked, like, what's the most dangerous stunt you did? And... Uh, the most dangerous stunt any stuntman can do is uh, is the one that goes wrong, because right. you know we're not supposed to get hurt. You know that's the whole plan going into it is that you're not going to get hurt. Um, right. For me, the uh, uh, so the most I remember I was doing a uh, chase scene once in a, in an open jeep with a roll bar that wasn't quite higher than my head, and 
and uh, we were shooting on the side of a mountain, and uh, I had to bump this limousine that was chasing the hero in a big semi, and and uh, the guy was supposed to slide off the side of the mountain, and but his e-brake didn't work, and he turned into me, and the jeep flipped, and I flipped upside down, and and uh, went off, uh, came back onto its wheels, went off the side of the mountain backwards, and uh, luckily it was uh, kind of knocked me silly at that point, and then uh, but it had. Some, enough power in the Jeep that it sort of idled itself back up onto the road. Thank God I didn't keep going all the way down the mountain. But but uh, I thought to myself, because all I was wearing was a lap belt, and uh, I was doubling an actor who was seven foot two. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, what if this Jeep flips? And I, ahead of time, I just thought to myself, well, I gotta throw my arms up over my head. You know, that's the only thing I can do to save myself. And, and uh, I hit so hard up uh, when I uh, ended up upside down. I hit so hard that and I remember to throw my arms up over my head. It bent the driver's seat back. Wow. And, uh, wow. you know, the wig that I was wearing was half torn off. The, the wow. watch I was wearing, the watch face was torn off from the pavement. And, and uh, so just thinking ahead of what I could possibly do to save myself uh, probably saved my life because my head would have been a melon on that road. Um, so that was the closest I ever came to getting killed on a film set. Um, Goodness. I, I fractured my elbow. Uh, that, that, uh, that's not so bad. I mean, stunts, uh, people are used to, you know, broken bones and sprains and stuff like that. That's pretty much par for the course because the, the injury rate is 100%. Right. If you <laughs> right. do it long enough, you're going to get in. It's like playing pro football or right. any other professional sport. You're going to get injured if you do it long enough. Right. Uh, and then, uh, but the, I think the worst injury I had was uh, I was doing a movie called Hideaway, doubling Jeff Goldblum. And there's a, a fight scene where they're in this uh, uh, um, piece of art the guy has built, giant head, a lot of steel, and they fall out of it. And I had to fall like four feet uh, on my back uh, onto concrete. And uh, the trick of that is you got to get your heels down first to sort of break the fall a bit. And I didn't get my heels down. I landed flat on my mm. back, and I fractured mm. three vertebrae in my back. And, and uh so that was probably the worst injury I've, I, I've had. Goodness. Uh, but, uh, there's been a lot. I'd have to start at my toes and work my way out. <laughs> uh, well, Ken, this is Brian. Uh, nice to meet you finally. Um, so uh, your most famous role, obviously, is Jason Voorhees. Um, but you also played two other iconic roles, uh, Pa in Wrong Turn 2 and, uh, of course, Rusty Nail in Joyride 3. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Can you just tell us a little bit about those two roles and experiences on set? Sure. Actually, uh, so I actually worked on uh, Joyride 2 as well. Uh, I was okay. the stunt double for the guy uh, uh, who played Rusty Nail. Nice. Mark okay. Gibbon was the guy's name, and he's actually a friend of mine, and, and uh, we knew each other before uh, I think he even got into acting, but he had been cast as Rusty Nail. And uh, I ended up doubling him in number two. And then number three came along. And I guess when I was working on number two, they found out that I played Jason and Freddy versus Jason. And they sort of said, oh, you know, maybe we should use Ken in the next one. <laughs> uh, so uh, I ended up with the job on, on uh, number three. And uh, number three, you know, they all sort of changed. The first one was sort of a psychological thriller. The one second one was a bit more, uh, uh, you know, slasher and the. Right. The third one, which is full on slasher, uh, right. movie. and uh, but it was a lot of fun for me to do, you know, to get to play the character and say some lines and and uh, and play with it. Uh, I was really hoping we get to do another one, 
uh, that didn't happen, but because uh, there were some other things I wanted to do uh, with the character. Uh, but that was a lot of fun to do. Really good experience. And then uh, 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 Wrong Turn, uh, Wrong Turn Two. <laughs> I gotta keep this straight. Oh, uh, there's a hey, there's like nine of those, man. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so Wrong Turn Two. Uh, I I played Paw and uh, the director, and uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. But he's a he's a big horror fan. He worked for Fangoria, and um, and he asked for me to uh, play Paw. Uh, they were shooting here in Vancouver, and, uh, and that was another fun one to do. Except that one had uh, tons of prosthetic. I was sitting in the chair for like three hours, and I've done it for other movies and stuff too. It's never a lot of fun to sit in the in the makeup chair for for three hours while they, you know, glue all the makeup to you and stuff like that. But I remember the last week of filming, I uh, I had this prosthetic ear. And at the end of the day, I would always rip it off and give it to the director so he could make a necklace. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ken, you were a brutal son of a gun in uh, Joyride 32, by the way. You, you kind of killed them pretty brutally. <laughs> that, that's it. They went total slasher. Oh, yeah, they told yeah. <laughs> on that end. And you had to give kudos uh, uh, to our director for coming up, because uh, he was the writer as well, for, for coming up with such ingenious ways of using a truck to kill people. Uh, you know, I thought particularly the, the uh, snow chain uh, kill was 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 pretty good, and then the, the uh, radiator uh, fan kill was was uh, particularly good. I thought, and and uh, yeah, there were some good ones in that. Yeah, yeah, it was brutal, <laughs> no doubt. Lots of blood. <laughs> uh, so let's get into Freddy vs. Jason a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure, we yeah. were. Uh, we reviewed this movie recently, uh, actually last night, you know, full disclosure, as we record this. Uh, yeah. Many people don't know that you worked on Friday Part 8 with Kane Hodder, including a uh, applying for the role of stunt coordinator position in Freddy vs. Jason. Can, can you talk a little bit about how all of that came to pass, how you got involved in the Friday franchise and how everything yeah. came to be? Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, the production manager on number eight, Jason Takes Manhattan, was uh, Randy Shovel Dave. And uh, Randy and I had worked together before, I believe, and, and uh, so I remember interviewing, talking to him about the show, and and uh, I, you know, I didn't really realize how big the, the franchise was and stuff, and and uh, um, anyway, so they asked me to uh, be the stunt coordinator, and and there was a moment there where they thought I might be the uh, actually play Jason in that one, um, but uh, then they called me back and said, no, we just just need you for the stunt coordinating job. And uh, so I did that, and, and uh, then years later, of course, Freddie versus Jason came to Vancouver, and I was interviewing for the stunt coordinating job. And uh, I remember the, the producer, when I spoke to him, said, you know, we've been looking for somebody your stature, your size, and, uh, you know, you've had past experience with the franchise. Uh, would you audition for it? And uh, I said, you know, sure, of course. And, and uh, actually, the first question out of my mouth was, what a what about Kane Hodder? And uh, they said, because uh, I was actually looking forward to working with Kane again. We'd had a good experience on the on number eight. And so anyway, he said, well, they just they want to go a different direction. They want somebody bigger. And, and uh, um, so uh, the, the audition was they read the opening scene of the girl uh, swimming in the lake. And they had me standing there with a really cheap Jason mask on and <laughs> did a close up of my eyes and read the opening scene and had me react with my eyes and then they had me walk around the room and uh, and then that was it they showed it to ronnie Yu, and and i went and met with ronnie Yu, and 
after a short chat, we, uh, you know, he, I got the job. Well, awesome. So, you know, in Freddy versus Jason, Jason's coming off four films where, where the character was portrayed a certain way by Kane Hodder, you know, to be emotionless and fearless. And now stepping in where Ronnie, you wanted to introduce some vulnerability to the character. Can you talk a little bit about your mindset and maybe what went into your performance, even the difference in the movement of the character? Yeah. Um, so initially, Ronnie, you and I talked about the movement because um, I'd asked him, I go, do you want me to mimic anything anybody else has done and stuff? And and uh, and he said no. He had a specific idea in mind that Jason would move very slowly. And then when he did something like chop the guy in half in the hallway, it would make it more startling and, and uh, you know, it, it would accentuate it more. And uh, he you know, and we both agreed too that that uh, Jason is a was a supernatural character. Um, he didn't, you know, we never see him, you know, running uh, in Freddy versus Jason to catch somebody. Uh, it goes back, harkens back to the earlier ones where you never see him run, but he always catches up. You know, he's always around the corner, right. no matter how far they run, kind of thing. And and uh, we both like that about uh, Jason that he was supernatural, and and uh, so the movements. Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny being a stuntman, you're always watching the actor you're doubling and you watch how he moves and stuff. And, and, uh, uh, you try and mimic that. So for this though, I had to come up with my own things and, uh, uh, I borrowed uh, one movement. I remember distinctively, uh, there's a scene, uh, where Freddie brings him into his dream world and the water comes down right. and, uh, you know, Jason takes a certain stance and uh, I used that stance uh, I stole from a Star Trek, an episode of the old Star Trek series. There was a character called Rock, and Rock was a robot, and uh, but he had, you know, human emotions. And uh, there's a certain stance he took, and I, so I borrowed a little bit from that. Um, and but the body language, you know, was really all I had to work with. So, uh, you know, if, if Jason's uh, angry, he's his weight is forward and he's ready to come at you. Uh, when Freddie starts getting into his head and, and uh, you know, he, he starts becoming afraid of the water, you know, his stance goes back and, and uh, you, you can speak a lot with your body. I think somebody said like 90 percent of our communication is body language. So even though all you ever see of me is one eye because the other eye was fake in the mask, um, mm -hmm. you communicate a lot through uh, Jason's body movement. Absolutely. So I got to ask also of the. <laughs> Of the 20-plus kills that you had in the film, do you have one that stands out, one that when you look back, you're like, I'm proud of that. That was that was good work. What's your favorite kill? <laughs> I can't take credit for them, but <laughs> because some other people have to think this stuff up and, and build what's needed and all that kind of thing. But uh, I think in particular, the one I liked the best was the, the, the folding the kid up in the bed after because everybody expects Jason to stab him. Right. And, uh, you know, and we did a good job of that. Lots of blood on the machete and stuff like that. But nobody was expecting the bed to get folded in half, and I just thought that was brilliant. And uh, that, and when I speak to people, oftentimes that's their favorite kill of the movie as well. Absolutely, right here. No oh yeah, if you, if you didn't pick, if you didn't pick that one, I was gonna tell you to pick again because that wasn't the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> so Ken, we uh, we had Robert on the show as well, but we didn't get a chance to ask him about the final battle in particular. You know, so 17 years later. What are your thoughts on that bloody, amazing gore fest of a battle with not just Freddy Krueger, but Robert England's Freddy Krueger? Yeah, you know what? They did it right. 
they they really did it right. You can see, you know, they did had so many versions of the script before the one they used for the movie actually got made. And you can tell they put a lot of thought into that final battle. And, uh, you know, because everybody's asking, well, how is Freddy going to stand a chance against Jason? He's so much bigger. And, and uh, you know, of course, they made my Jason even bigger. bigger right. um, and uh, but uh, Ronnie, you has a martial arts background. He knows that the, the winner of the fight is known as the bigger guy, you know. If Freddie is uh, quicker, has more style, more finesse, you know, and, and is smarter about what he does, you know, he stands a chance against the bigger guy. So they set the fight up really well, I thought. And, uh, you know, there's uh, Jason had already taken a good beating in Freddie's uh, dream world. And now it's, you know, his revenge uh, in, in the real world. And uh, they just they did, did it right. And it's exactly what the fans wanted to see, you know, the big battle at the end. And it goes on and on, and and uh, they incorporated the other actors into it well as well, and and uh, just great imagination. And uh, and Robert was uh, so great to work with. Um, you know, we did we had a stunt double for him, but he's so game to do so much. And and right. uh, I mean, when we were when we were in the burning building, it really got hot in there. Like <laughs> was, the hair on people's wigs were melting because it was so hot. In there. He's wearing that prosthetic makeup, you know, which like can melt to your skin. And uh, so he was really great to work with. And, and uh, I just felt like we played off each other really well. And, and uh, just I can't say enough about Robert. You know, I always call him this generation's, you know, uh, Vincent Price. And uh, it's just such a treat to have worked with him and gotten to know him. And, you know, the first thing he said to me in the makeup trailer was, you know, we'll be seeing each other for the rest of our lives now. And, and <laughs> Inventions, you know. Right. So, and, and we do, you know, we see each other every year. We get to catch up, and I love his wife Nancy, and and uh, they're just great people. And it was such a better experience for having him there. Uh, right. So, really a treat. Don't yeah. be modest, because I've heard uh, Robert say about you on how uh, yeah. how impressed he was, how uh, you were with, able to withstand some of that fire and uh, actually your stuff catching on fire. So uh, <laughs> I think that he has a very high opinion of you as well. Yeah, it uh, it was it was uh, there were some interesting moments. Uh, I did catch on fire uh, once accidentally. And uh, I heard Ronnie, you, uh, you know, he say to somebody, I'm so glad I hired, uh, you know, a stuntman. <laughs> to do this <laughs> right there's a scene i'll just tell you there's a scene where i grab the uh the uh, police officer and stuff his head into an electrical panel and uh all the sparks go off and i was wearing the burlap jacket which wasn't uh fire treated and so it's like wearing kindling and it just the sparks got on me and the jacket lit up and i looked down i could see the flames coming up my chest and uh oh and, and I just turned to one of the special effects guys. I looked at him and go, a little help? <laughs> Some people didn't know it was, it was, I wasn't supposed to catch fire. So, uh, yeah, that was one of the moments. The la last thing about Robert is, uh, you know, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare is my, actually, my favorite uh, Nightmare on Elm Street film. And we've discussed that a little bit. Um, you, you mentioned you were uh, fond of it as well. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I was so excited to hear that they, they've sort of settled the rights for it now. And there's and there's some talk on the internet about doing another one. Oh, and, yes. yes. And uh, I, you know, and I just want to pump Robert for the job because I think they'd be crazy. I don't, you know, they could hire the, the best actor in the world, but it's not Robert. 
Right. And, you know, and, and Robert is that character. You know, he's he's played him all. He's played him in all the movies except the one. And, and uh, you know, kudos to the actor who did. But but, um, <clears throat> you know, the fans have just they, they love Robert and Robert is that character. And, uh, and I'm really excited. I'd be really excited for Robert if he got to uh, got to put the makeup on again and, and, uh, and got to do it. You know, we've always said, you know, when Robert and I talk, they they left so much money on the table by not doing another Freddy versus Jason. Oh, that's and, another. Uh, yes. and, you know, because we've been asked right away when the movie came out and was a hit and had done so well, you know, number one in the box office for two weekends in a row, which is, you know, rare for a horror movie. And, and uh, they, you know, they came to us right away and said, hey, we want to get the band together. We want Ronnie, you and you and Robert. And, and uh, you know, they we're talking about doing uh, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, which, yeah. you know, I think would have been huge. Um, and, uh, but then it just sort of faded away, you know, cause of the rights issues. And uh, of course the comic books came out and, uh, uh, but anyway, it, uh, if they can get Robert to do another at home street and, uh, I, you know, and somebody had mentioned about bringing another, uh, Robert and I've talked about this too, where, um, if we were, did another Freddie versus Jason movie, it'd be cool to do a Freddie versus Jason versus like a fan, uh, or, 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 a character who is a fan of Freddie and Jason and bring them into it as paying homage to the fans. Um, because there are people out there that know every single little detail absolutely, you know, about both characters and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, we need to do something where they bring in new information about the characters and you bring in a fan who gets to mingle with Freddie and Jason somehow. And, uh, so, We'll see what they do, but but uh, anyway, I'd be very excited if Robert got to uh, got to put the makeup on and the claw again. That'd be awesome, no doubt. And I know that he's very, you know, hesitant to. Uh, he's mm-hmm. mentioned many times that he's very hesitant to to do the makeup because the process is so extensive. And 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 I know that I'm sure that drains you guys so much to be, have to do that kind of stuff. But you know, we've talked about that on this show so many times. There's so many especially nowadays, other methods that they could use to, you know, have him, you know, look like Freddy Krueger and not have to have him sit in the chair for five hours, you know, every single day, I think. And hopefully they can get him back because he's the only Freddy Krueger in, in, I know, all of our eyes anyway. Yeah, you know, actually, I mentioned that uh, uh, I had emailed Nancy, Robert's wife, and I said, yeah, they they don't have to put him in the makeup anymore. You know, you see what they're they're doing out there. And, uh you know, he does. Robert doesn't even have to doesn't even have to lose weight. <laughs> no, I know. Have to get into his, you know, his, his, his fighting weight. He, you know, he, he just brings the personality and the and the and the exactly. voice, and uh, that's all you need. Absolutely. Uh, Brian mentioned the makeup, but I wanted to ask a quick question. Everybody asks Robert how long he sits in a makeup chair. Every interview he's ever done. Yeah. How long was your makeup for Jason? My makeup for Jason was easy. I was in and out and like. Really, you know, twenty minutes. Oh, nice. Uh, because nice. The, the headpiece is all one piece, like a diver's balaclava. They darken around the one eye and uh, where the, where you can see through the holes in the mask. Um, they put some makeup on where there were holes in the gloves, and boom, I was done. Uh, there was only there was only one day I had to wear full prosthetics uh, for the shot in the back of the van where Kelly Rowland lifts the mask up. Uh, uh, see, you know, uh, Jason's face. Um, and the, the, the funny story behind that is, uh, so I, I had some teeth knocked out and I have a, a permanent bridge in the, in, in my, uh, 
front of my mouth here, and, and uh, they didn't put Vaseline on my teeth when they put the Jason teeth in. So it, it pulled the bridge out, and they like <laughs> panicking. They you know will take me to a dentist right away. So the only day I had to wear full prosthetics, they take me to a dentist's office. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I walk in there, and I'm wearing a hoodie. And, here we and, go. Uh, there's one poor woman, you know, middle-aged lady sitting there <laughs> reading a newspaper, and and uh, I walk in, you can hear my voice, so she doesn't think anything's out of the normal or whatever. I sit across from her in the in the waiting room, and she, she you know, she lowers the paper to turn the page, and she's, you know, just does a double take and then lifts the newspaper up. <laughs> and I go, it's all right, it's all right, it's just makeup, and and uh, she said, oh my god, I thought they found you living in a sewer or something like that. <laughs> so the poor woman. Uh, yeah, I was there at all, full on, you know, prosthetics. I'm glad you told us that story because yeah. I was actually just about to ask you. I got it wrote down. Let me ask Ken about that quick dentist trip. I was like, because I, I did the, I read on IMDb or whatever about that, and it apparently scared scared everybody. They thought you were like a an escaped psychopath or something. Whenever you, they saw you, <laughs> I had the whole wardrobe on and and uh, full prosthetics. We had finished all the prosthetics and everything, and and uh, so it's funny. Just that one day. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna ask you a fun question now, Ken. Uh, we started asking this question when we had Lisa Wilcox on. What's the weirdest thing that you've ever seen at a horror convention, or what's the oddest thing that somebody's asked you to do, or maybe something that you had to sign or say? What's the weirdest thing that you that you saw at a convention? Uh, okay, so I was in uh, Sweden, and it was right after the movie came out, um, and uh, we were in Malmo, Sweden, and I've got. I'm, for some reason, I'm, I've got Lord of the Rings guys all around me, the, all the hobbits from Lord of, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and this really attractive girl comes up and she goes, she goes you know, in, in her Swedish accent, which I won't attempt, but uh, she goes, you're going to give me an autograph for, for free, for nothing. And I said, I, why is that? And she says this really loud so everybody you know, can hear me. She goes, because you're going to sign my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so she, she sees the uh, do her pants and bend over, stick her ass out, and wow, stop! Guys are all looking at me, and I'm looking at them, and I go, "You win." Quite <laughs> 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 that logic. Yeah. Oh, it's funny you say that because all the women we've had on here, their weirdest yeah. experience is always somebody grabbing a boob or something, and uh, grabbing hair. <laughs> Oh right, God. and so finally we get one, and she's shoving her ass in your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I was about to say the same thing, Mike. It's complete opposite for Ken. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man, Ken. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. And like I told you before we started this, I just wanted to tell you the same thing I got to tell Robert England. Uh, me and my mom were both big Friday, or she was a big Nightmare franchise fan. I was a big Jason fan. I got to tell C.J. Graham himself this. Uh, Jason Lives, the movie he was in, was the very, very first horror movie I ever saw as a little kid. I was maybe six years old. Uh, and the first uh, horror movie I ever saw in the theaters was Freddy vs. Jason. I saw it with my mom, my little brother, and my classmate. And like I told these guys last night, I remember being, you know, I love the Jason character. I would go to Walmart with my mom and look in the magazines, and I saw... I remember the first time I ever seen like a preview of the kill you did with the glow stick guy. And I saw that. And then I remember being, it was a great kill. I remember being in the theater and when you killed Trey and you folded him up in the bed, 
Uh, I just want to thank you for being Jason, uh, for doing a great role portrayal. Um, and it's something that me and my mom hold together, you know, as a memory together. So it's really a great honor to get to tell Robert England and Ken Kersinger, the two stars of this movie, this slasher movie that I truly love and two of my favorite horror villains of all time. Cause you know, there's a lot of great horror out there, you know, the deep stuff like paranormals, the conjurings, stuff like that. But all four of us, our logo is Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason Voorhees. Where we we love slashers, and it's really a great honor from all of us to have guys like you and guys like Robert England on our show and to give us a, your time. Honestly, it's a it's a great honor, and uh, I truly love Freddy vs. Jason. It's a great. I love the movie. I love the fight, and I really appreciate you coming on our show, Ken. Well, Thank you, Ken. My pleasure. I know Robert would say the same thing. That it's our honor that we got to portray those characters and that we have, you know, people like you who, who after all these years, you know, are still, you know, into it and, and, uh, you know, you keep, uh, Jason and Freddie alive. So, uh, we appreciate you guys very, very much. See, the thing is, man, uh, Mike, he actually wrote an article for our website, uh, on our blog. He asked, you know, is the slasher genre, is it dead? And it's not dead, but it kind of is because you just can't really create the, these great characters like they did in the 80s, like right. you and Robert. It's re- I yes mean, no. Halloween is trying, but, you know. Well, I mean, uh, it, yeah, Halloween did well, the last one, right? So, right. Oh, yeah. I, there's still room for these movies. And uh, I think, you know, the key to it is, you know, cr- giving the fans more information. Uh, you know, you, you can't get by on just great kills and stuff like that. It's, right. It, it's you, you got to tease them with a little bit more information and uh but i think there's plenty of room for for the right slasher movies and certainly these ones are so well anchored in people's exactly. past and, yep. and uh, i always think that people sort of um bond with the first movies they saw the first movies that had a real impact on them um you mentioned you saw freddie versus jason when you were quite young so it stuck with you and and uh you know it it, it People have grown up with it, and it's it's generational. It's generational. Absolutely. Can I ask you one more quick thing before we get out of here, Ken? Las Vegas weigh-in. Yeah. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, Ken, can you imagine? This is 2002, 2003 when we're hyping this movie. Yeah. Imagine it's 2018, 19, 20. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. We have all these social medias to absolutely just pump this machine. Can you just talk to us about, in 2003, this Vegas weigh-in? That's why we need a sequel. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, just what a brilliant idea. What a great marketing idea. Um, It was, you know, so much fun to do. Uh, And really the first time I had been exposed to fans because the auditorium was full of people. And uh, you just you eat that up. It, it energizes you. And, and uh, you know, Robert gets to do all the talking and stuff like that. But, you know, we got to play with each other on stage and, and uh, it, it just turned out to be such a brilliant promotional idea. Um, and uh, they did it. They did it up right. They spent a lot of money. Uh, New Line spent a lot of money to uh, promote that. And it, it's people still talk about it, you know, mention it to me all the time. So it was a great way to introduce the two uh, characters together for the first time. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. It's just so cool to see two of your favorite icons. You know, I, I've always said this is kind of like 
the Connor McGregor versus the Floyd Mayweather. It's the matchups you want to see. You yeah. know, it's a uh, Batman and Superman, but for us slasher junkies like right. us, man, it was just it was, it was <laughs> it some was really good thing. stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I saw online that they were actually crediting Freddie versus Jason for the pair up of uh, Superman, you know, versus Batman. I oh. I read that. You're absolutely right. Yep. And, and Alien and Alien versus Predator. Uh, you yep. can throw that in there too. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, uh, who knows? Let's keep, let's all keep our fingers crossed that they decide to do another one and and uh, that they make it as creative as they did with uh, Freddy versus Jason. Oh yeah, so, man. I think I speak on behalf of all of us. We really appreciate your time, Ken. This was a great honor to have you on. Uh, you've been one of the nicest people we've ever talked to, honestly. Yeah. We, really, <laughs> we really appreciate you coming on this. Not that anybody else was bad, but you're yeah. really nice. You're a really nice guy, and we really appreciate you giving us your time, man. Well, my pleasure, guys. You guys, uh, uh, good luck with the show. You're, you're starting out on fire, and uh, and stay well. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out She owns you. Yeah. Yeah.